0: This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: We had Connor Rogers on who does Jets pre and post on SNY. He gave us his take on the Jets win over the Panthers. We'll get back to your, the Jets conversation because we learned a lot today for a second preseason game. We'll get into that as we continue to move along. The last couple of segments, we were talking about the latest Yankee debacle in it. And once again, I, I hate even using the word debacle because it's the same old same. I, it, nothing's new here. Like being upset the Yankees were only able to muster one run today feels like a waste of energy if you're mad at that. You should be mad at the person who put the team together. That'd be Brian Cashman. You should be upset at Hal Steinbrenner if he fails to make significant changes when this team misses the playoffs this year. Because I do not think the New York Yankees, as currently constructed, are a playoff team. And I haven't felt that way for a long time. And then when they did nothing at the trade deadline, I feel like I speak for a lot of Yankee fans out there where you knew this team's not going anywhere. This team's cooked, and that's what the Yankees are. They are cooked. Let's get to your calls right now. We'll talk some Giants as well on the program later this hour. 800-919-ESPN is the number. Tommy in Connecticut has been waiting on hold. Tommy, you're first up this hour. You're on with Jake Asmond here. It's 98.7 ESPN. What do you got?
2: What's up, Jake? It's nice to talk to you.
1: Thanks nice for making so- the call, Tommy. Appreciate it.
2: Oh, uh, You got it, bud. So, uh, God bless you doing afternoon drive in Houston. I can't imagine what it's like down there.
1: Uh, <laughs> imagine being a Yankee fan having to do it, too. It's not easy.
2: Uh, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, you're doing God's work. Uh, <laughs> but just, I'm I'm looking at the rest of this season. And so, we're not far enough out that they can give up. But looking at this pitching staff, what do they do? I mean, you have two legitimate starters that you can throw right now. You know, they dfa Davey Garcia, they, they, like there's there's no cavalry coming over the hill. It's Cole and it's Clark Schmidt, and then it is whatever else you got. How do you? We, we got like what forty five games left? I mean, come on, man.
1: It, it, Tommy, a, a excellent point, point. thank you for the call. You're, you're right, you're right. I this is a this is a franchise that is still pitching Luis Severino every five days. All right. Luis Severino is throwing batting practice, legitimately throwing batting practice every time he's out there. And how 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 asinine was it the other day, Yankee fans, that the Yankee solution to Luis Severino's issues was, well, if he doesn't pitch in the first inning, he's magically going to be better. So they tried the opener against the the White Sox as if that was the magic solution to Luis Severino's problems. Then he comes in in the second inning and gets bombed because he's terrible. I actually feel bad for Luis Severino. He has no idea what the problem is, and clearly neither do the Yankees. But our last caller, Tommy, is right. They have Cole, they have Clark Schmidt, and you pray for rain the other days. I mean, they've had to use an opener three days in a row. I I guess they're trying apparently now to stretch Mike King out to be a starter. Uh, Good luck. I mean, Nestor Cortez is done for the year. Carlos Rodon, I'd be shocked if we see him again. And do you even want to see him again? He's been so bad. Ah, oh, he's been awful. Uh, go blow some more kisses to the fans, Carlos. How stupid that was. I, I mean, they, they, they just, they don't have enough. But here's my, here's my worry with the Yankees. They're going to use the injuries as the reason why this team was the team they were this year. And anyone who's actually watched the games and has watched this team is well aware that they have some major flaws, even if they got some better injury luck. I'm not going to deny that losing Aaron Judge for most of the year was not a crippling, debilitating injury for this team. But I go back to the fact that this is a team with a $290 million payroll. And they were so predicated on one guy. And if you watched last year, it was the same thing. That one guy happened to have one of the great seasons of all time. It really is maddening. Let's get back to your calls. Our guy Lonnie in Harlem, he's up next. Lonnie, thanks for making the call tonight. You're on 98.7 ESPN.
3: First name Jake, last name Ass Man. What's going on? You already know I had to <laughs> call and shout out to the company. Shout out to the company, of course. I mean, Jake, you said you you know you could put it out there that you wanted me to call, you wanted the company to call. I know my man Jose already did that, so I had to you know double up and, and make sure I did that for you. And uh you had a caller earlier, I think his name was Chris. He he was speaking the truth, man. Leave Houston, come back to New York, man. You're you're a New York guy. So it'd be great to have you on these radios all the time or as much as we can. Um just wanted to call in obviously to tell you that uh also tell you thank you for the uh Jet yearbook even though I'm not a Jet fan, I will cherish it. Uh obviously cuz you sent it to me. And um yeah, I mean, let's talk Yankees now. Jake, <laughs> yeah, as you just said, listen Unless Cashman goes to the other side of the to the planet or, or on a different planet, the Yankees will continue to be the same team. It's like the same song on repeat, broken record. It's either the team always deals with injuries or they just stink. They get to the playoffs. They don't hit the ball. We can have – Decent pitcher throughout the year. All of a sudden, our pitching is miraculous in the in the playoffs, and then our bats just, just fall asleep. They just disappear. So, like you just said, man, unless Hal puts his foot down or puts it in Cashman's bootay and kicks him out the door, nothing is going to change. Because as I like, I was I was talking to Todd about this the other night. I feel bad for Boone sometimes because. Who knows if he's actually making all these suggestions or all these calls, if he's having to deal with all these analytics that Cashman is handed to him. And as uh, one of the great hosts on this station said, Dan Grosser himself, he said, you might as well just be sticking computers out into left field in the third base if that's the case. You can't pre-determ- predetermine these games based off analytics. You need the players that's going to get it done, and obviously you need a manager that's going to get it done. I, me personally, I kind of think Boone is a good manager. I just think that he is basically a puppet. Unfortunately, they don't let him chew. And Cashman said it himself, I think on the K show. K asked him, like, does Boone get the opportunity to, you know, make moves himself? And then the way Cashman said it, he was like, well, yeah, if, as long as it works. So basically what you're telling me is, like, so if Boone does something that doesn't work, and you don't like it, he's going to get in trouble for that? So it's stuff like that. It's just like, who's running the team here? Is it Cashman that's getting all the pieces, or is it the man that's actually in the dugout with the players all the time? So, you know, as a Yankee fan, it gets so frustrating because they always talking about we're chasing 28. The man literally said we're in it to win it. That's a laughable joke. Just like Cashman saying that after uh, uh, striking out basically 30 times in two games, he sees something good for that. What do you see from that? Lottie, great call. He lost. He lost. Great call.
1: I appreciate you making the call there, Lottie. You're right. By the way, it was not Cashman who said the line about the, you know, other than the 18 strikeouts, I thought we had, you know, some good at-bats out there tonight. Thought we were competing well. And uh, that that was that was Boone after that Oriole game on Sunday night baseball, oh! And appreciate the call, Lottie. Shout out to the company. You guys are welcome on this show anytime. And you won that jet yearbook fair and square, man. We did a random giveaway for my Twitter followers, and your name was picked. But I appreciate you and the company listening. I agree with you, and and I'll say this honestly: it's gotten to a point with Cashman where being mad at Cashman feels like it's a waste of time at this point because he's not changing his ways. He's stubborn. He has proven he's not changing his ways. It's on Hal Steinbrenner now. Hal Steinbrenner is facing maybe his biggest offseason as the owner of this baseball team since he took over for his father. Because it is clear the Yankees need a change. And it is clear what the issues are. But will Hal Steinbrenner address those issues? Because really, it's it's him at this point. We're really going to get mad at Aaron Boone? Really? I mean, firing him is once again putting lipstick on a pig. It's not going to change the problem that is the way the team is being put together. A team with a $290 million payroll being predicated on one guy carrying you offensively in Aaron Judge. It's on Hal, man. This is the most important offseason for Hal Steinbrenner since he's been Yankee owner. Everyone knows what the problem is. What is Hal going to do about it? And if he says to Cashman, hey, we'll keep you around, but you got to have add someone under you as the GM and we'll name you president of baseball operations. Hey, Yankee fans, would you even trust the guy that Cashman would bring in to truly be a guy that's making decisions and influencing decisions? Or is it just going to feel like a move to appease the fan base and that guy is really going to be a figurehead and Cashman is going to be calling the shots? obviously we're, we're in
0: it to win
1: it I mean win it to in it to win I just uh, my my why did you play that Jake my blood is boiling here that oh my God just you know in what? it to win it they did nothing at the deadline they sat there and they did nothing nothing in it to win I you know what uh, and I, I could address the Mets as well people might not like what the Mets did at least they picked a lane they picked a plan they did something the Yankees were like eh, we're just gonna sit here and ride the fence some more why not why not? I mean, producer Jake Perry there, making my blood boil with the cashman drop. Oh, oh I love trolling Yankee fans. <laughs> How's your team doing? Uh, the Braves the, the brave score any more runs in this? Uh, today, what they score? Uh, I guess 21. Did they score six tonight? I think it was uh, six. I, don't, I, I saw they put up a six spot. So what yeah. they score? 27, 26 runs today against the Mets in the doubleheader? Yeah, I don't
3: even understand why we showed up to the second game. At that point,
1: we should have <laughs> called it. It, it. The game was done. Oh my God. Yeah. 21 to three in the first game, six nothing in the second game. Good God, man. I mean, good. I mean, the Mets have just completely quit. And I know the Braves own them. Good God. I, I mean, if you're a Met fan and you went to this game today, you should get your money back. In fact, Steve Cohen, I know you're listening right now because you're a big fan of mine. I made that entire thing up. But if you are listening, you should have, you know, half price seats the rest of the way or free beer for anyone who shows up. Hey, this is a joke.
3: Mind you, they the first game was a makeup for a game from earlier in the year. So <laughs> we this should have just handed the L, just put it on the calendar for us because that's exactly what it was. Oh my
1: god, just just forfeit, just forfeit. And, I'll, and I'm actually not as down on the Mets as I know some Met fans are. Like, trust me, Ma- Max Scherzer is cooked. I have no issue moving on from him. And as someone who does radio down here in Houston and is well aware of the Astros farm system, the prospects the Mets got for JV. They're supposed to be very good. Like, there were Astros fans who did not love the Verlander deal, to put it in perspective, from an Astros perspective. So I'm not actually as down on the Mets fire sale as maybe some are, but they 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 stink. I mean, they're, they're just terrible. There's no other way to say it. I mean, I guess the Yankees technically are still alive because they're, what, four games out in the lost column from the last playoff spot? But, I mean, both New York teams are cooked. Uh, football season cannot get here fast enough. I cannot wait for Jets and the Bills right here on this station, Monday Night Football, and then obviously the night before, Giants hosting the Cowboys. Very reminiscent of 2010, where if you recall, the Giants played on Sunday night that year to open the season, and the Jets played on Monday night that year to open the season. Why? Because it was the first ever games at MetLife. The Giants played the first ever home game. The Jets had the first ever Monday night game. And that was also the last time the Jets had a damn good season. I cannot wait for the football season, man. I mean, it cannot get here fast enough. To me, football season has already started.
0: You're listening to The Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: At Jake Asman is where you can do that. J-A-K-E-A-S-M-A-N. That's only one S, Dave Rothenberg. But yes. I have been called the Ass Man many times, so that is that is nothing new. And I'm also, man. I knew that drop had to be somewhere. I'm also a, a huge Seinfeld fan, so the Cosmo Kramer Ass Man license plate episode is is probably one of my favorite episodes of any sitcom, and I love Seinfeld, so I love it. Appreciate everyone taking time to listen tonight. We're with you till midnight. More of your calls coming up. I did get an interesting text from my aunt who is listening, and my aunt just definitely you know she is not a huge sports fan, but she's like, oh, Jake's on the radio. I could listen. So she wants to know, why has Cashman been the Yankee GM so long, and how old was he when he started? So I did the math because I'm not good at math. Brian Cashman has been the Yankees general manager since 1998. He's 56 years old, right? So if you do the math and you subtract, the numbers required, Brian Cashman was 31 years old when he became the Yankee GM in 98. I mean, it's a long time. And once again, Brian Cashman himself is not old. If he wants to be a general manager of a different team, I believe he'd get a job. I really do. Maybe he doesn't. He's made a lot of money. But you cannot continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result, even if Hal Steinbrenner says to Brian Cashman, you have to change your ways. You have to do it differently. Any other GM in New York, Would have been fired by now. So why does Brian Cashman have a job for life? Once again, Peter Rosenberg said this this week on the case show. I couldn't agree more. If Brian Cashman's last name was Steinbrenner, it would make more sense. God, it's unbelievable. It really is. Nothing changes with this baseball team. Nothing. And do they still have, I guess, an outside chance? Of being a playoff team this year. So we can't completely bury the Yankees. To this point on August 12th. I, I guess. I guess. But I'm looking at the standings right now. They're four out of the last wild card spot. The only reason why the Yankees. Are technically still in the mix. Is because the teams in front of them. Aren't very good. You know, the Blue Jays have lost. Story straight. All of a sudden the Mariners have won eight in a row. To catapult into the last playoff spot. Tied with Toronto. You could forget the second wild-card spot. Houston won again tonight. They're 68-50. and 50. They're 18 games over 500. So the Yankees are battling with the following teams for the last spot. The Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Mariners. And I just don't think the Yankees are as good as those teams. Maybe they're better than Boston. But do we know that? The Red Sox have owned them this year when they have played. It's the same old song and dance. Nothing changes. And that is very frustrating, I think, for every Yankee fan hearing the sound of my voice. Let's switch to football right now. Let's talk about the New York Giants. I tuned in for the preseason game last night, and obviously Daniel Jones did not play. But I was thinking about this. All the talk in New York right now when it comes to quarterbacks is all about Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's talking about Daniel Jones. When you look at the Giants this year, after what they did last year, A successful year for the Giants is what, right? Because this team overachieved a season ago. I didn't have the Giants going to the playoffs. I didn't have the Giants winning a playoff game. Deep down inside, they didn't think they were going to be able to do that. They didn't think Daniel Jones was capable of leading them to the playoffs. They declined his fifth-year option before the season even began a year ago. No one's talking about the Giants right now. No one's talking about Daniel Jones. Now, maybe that's a good thing. They get to fly under the radar. Everyone's talking about Rodgers. Everyone's talking about the Jets. The Jets are on hard knocks. The Jets got the six primetime games. But when the year starts, knowing Giants fans like how I know them, Daniel Jones, who was this great story a year ago, if he doesn't take a big step forward, now being paid like a guy that should be a leader of a team, that goes to the playoffs, not a guy who's being carried by the rest of the team that goes to the playoffs, the heat will be turned up on Daniel Jones. No one's talking about Daniel Jones because of Aaron Rodgers right now, but I promise you he is under just as much pressure when the year actually starts for this team. He's now making $40 million a year. He's paid like a top 10 quarterback in the league. And I like Daniel Jones. And I agreed with the Giants' decision to pay him because I didn't think they'd be able to find a better option. But man, Daniel Jones is now paid like he's a upper echelon quarterback. Is he capable of being that level of quarterback? I don't know. My heart tells me no, but my heart also told me Daniel Jones was not going to play as efficiently as he did last year. But last year, we celebrate Daniel Jones for last year, right? 15 touchdowns five interceptions, 3,200 yards through the air. I mean, that's not spectacular. It's good. It's not like the Giants had an enormous amount of weapons, but I still don't love the Giants' weapons this year. They're putting a lot of stock in Darren Waller staying healthy. Problem is Darren Waller just doesn't stay healthy. Do they have a bona fide number one receiver on this team? They got some guys who are solid. It's really on Daniel Jones to take a big step forward. So if you're one of the Giants fans who thinks you're the Giants because they have Brian Dable and because you believe in Joe Shane's vision, they're going to be good again this year. Then you're putting a lot of faith in Daniel Jones playing like a guy who's now being paid like an upper echelon quarterback. It's all projection. It's He was good last year without a whole lot of weapons. First year in a new system. Now another year in the system, better weapons. He takes a big step forward. Do we know that, though? There's a giant unknown with the Giants. No pun intended there, but it works. But it's fascinating how little coverage there's been of the Giants, and I get why. The Jets have Aaron Rodgers. The Jets added one of the most iconic football players in the history of the league to their team. And the Giants might be in a good spot flying under the radar, but I'm curious. I'd love to hear from some Giants fans. What are you expecting from Daniel Jones? because I'm listening to the case show earlier in the week and Michael and Peter were talking about where Daniel Jones ranks in the NFL and neither one of them had him in the top 10, which I had no issue. I think I'd probably put Daniel Jones 15, maybe 16 in the league and giant fans went nuts. I mean, you would have thought they said Daniel Jones is the worst quarterback ever. Where do giants fans think Daniel Jones is? If he is a top 10 quarterback, then yeah, the Giants of the NFC can make some noise. I don't think they're better than Philly, though. And I don't think they're better than Dallas, at least going into the year. But they could change my mind. And especially with the Cowboys. When did the Giants finally beat the Dallas Cowboys? When does that happen? Because it's a joke how the Cowboys have owned them. I mean, last year, you lost to them twice. You lost to the Eagles three times last year. If the Giants are to be taken seriously... As a team in the NFC that can get back to the playoffs, maybe challenge Philadelphia for the division, take a big step forward. That's on Daniel Jones, man. He's the quarterback. Why do we talk about the Jets like a team that could be a legitimate contender? Because they added the quarterback, man. That's the NFL in 2023. That's the NFL. You need the quarterback. The Giants are now paying Daniel Jones because they believe he's the quarterback. And the other thing with the Giants is this. Saquon Barkley was very healthy last year. He's dealt with some injuries in the past. Are you getting the same type of season from Saquon? So much of your team is predicated on Barkley, at least it was last year. You're now paying Daniel Jones to be more of a factor for your team. Take a big step and lead your team. He's paid like a guy that should be able to do it. That's the unknown with the Giants, though. I think they're well-coached. I love Brian Dable. I think they're going to be a team that is definitely battling for a playoff spot. But how do you go from a team that won a playoff game to the divisional round to taking it a step further if the quarterback doesn't drastically improve? Not be what If Daniel Jones is the same player he was last year, this team's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. Not good enough to get back to even the divisional round, depending on who you play in the wild card round, assuming you get there. He's the biggest unknown right now. And last year was a feel-good story because it came out of nowhere. What happens this year now that he's paid forty million a year?
0: You're listening to the Jake Asman Show on ninety-eight point seven ESPN.
1: No one is seemingly talking about the New York Giants and the fact that Daniel Jones, no one's talking about him, because everyone's talking about Aaron Rodgers right now in New York. Daniel Jones, $40 million a year. He's got to take a big step forward if the New York Giants are going to be a team that could go from winning a playoff game being one of the feel-good stories in the NFL, to a team that could be a contender in a seemingly wide-open NFC. Because if I ask you this question, who's the third-best team in the NFC, you're going to get a bunch of different answers. You want to tell me the best team in the NFC is Philadelphia? I agree. You want to tell me the second-best team in the NFC is San Francisco? I agree. Who's number three? Is it really the Cowboys? I don't buy it. What have the Cowboys ever won? Ever. I mean, Seattle, is, is do you do you believe the Geno Smith hype? <laughs> I, I mean, the Vikings, the Lions. Minnesota was a fraudulent 13-win team last year. I mean, are we really going to anoint the Lions who have done nothing? We're going to say they're ready to take that leap. I don't know. NFC's open for someone to emerge. And and here's the thing for the Giants, right? So I, I looked it up. What is the Giants' record against the two teams in front of them in their division since 2019? That would be the Eagles and the Cowboys. And I say 2019 because Daniel Jones was a rookie in 2019. And the Giants' record against the two teams in front of them, the Eagles and the Cowboys, since 2019, is 3-13. and 13. If you want to take the Giants seriously this year, they got to win opening night against the Cowboys they got to set the tone. It is time to finally beat the Dallas Cowboys if you're the Giants. Period. They're coming to your building. Win the game. Win the game. And if you're Daniel Jones now being paid like you're a franchise quarterback, now being paid like you're a guy who's supposed to carry a team, you're supposed to lead a team, go beat the Dallas Cowboys on opening night at MetLife Stadium. Giants, three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home against Dallas. Go win the game. I mean, Daniel Jones, 3-13 against the Eagles and the Cowboys combined since 2019. Now, to be fair, I don't know if Jones started all those games, but that's the Giants record. Crazy. That's what they have to do. And then the next night, the Jets will play in prime time at MetLife against the Buffalo Bills on September 11th crazy can we get to the football season because the baseball season is just an unmitigated disaster whether you're a yankee fan at this point or certainly a mets fan more of your calls right now anything on the table we'll do a Jets reset at the top of the hour the biggest takeaways from the jets 27 to nothing preseason win which i think you have a lot of really encouraging signs about what this team did if you're a jet fan we'll talk about that as we go but let's go back to the phones right now. We got Santiago in Jersey who wants in on the Yankees. Santiago, you're on with Jake Asman. What's going on?
0: Thank you for taking my call. I I, I mean, uh, Brian Cashman
3: has to have some mental problems because if you're doing something for 20-something years and it's not working, don't don't keep doing it because, like, every
0: time he makes a trade, he gets burned because he, he goes after, after players that already washed or hurt because I would have never signed Roson. I would have rather signed Freeman for that type of money. He didn't want to give it to Freeman, a left handed a, a guy that's been proven to be one of the best players in the league, and he was there as a free agent. And then the guy that he teaches how to run a, a, a team guy on the Mets, it, it show you that Brian Cashman is not, it's not, it's not a good GM. Is it's not a good teacher. Because this guy went to a, uh, Anaheim, did a terrible job, came to the men, garbage. So I don't know why Brian
3: Cashman does right. I don't understand it. But the people keep going to the stadium. so that's the reason why the, the the Yankees they don't care. And I'm a
0: Yankees fan, but people still buying the product. So what are they gonna say? Oh, they still come. They still come. So we are the suckers. You know, we are the We are the problem.
1: Good call, Santiago. Yeah, look, it's tough to argue with you, but you know the one thing I'll say: you know, Brian Cashman's been doing the same thing for a long time. At least there was some success, of course, early on. He he took over in '98, but I'm not even going to talk about you know the the championships won with the Core Four, you know the the, the Yankee dynasty that he was a part of. I'm not even referring to that. Like Cashman had success; they won in 2009, and even the last couple of years. The one thing you could say about the Yankees is. No matter what, they got to the playoffs and at least had a chance, which is certainly more you could say about them than the Mets or really any other team in the city, right? I mean, look look at the, the, the Knicks. Look at the Jets, who have the longest playoff drought in professional sports. It's them and the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, look at the teams in the city. The Giants have had a long playoff drought that was snapped last year. Before that, 2016 was the last time they went. Like, the one thing you could say about Cashman was always, well, the Yankees will get to the playoffs. That is certainly on the table to not happen this year. If the season ended today, they'd be in last place and they'd be out of the playoffs. So it's actually getting worse. Like, at least Cashman could say, hey, we're we're in the dance every year. We got a chance. He can't say that now. That's why it's on Steinbrenner. It's on Hal Steinbrenner. This is his defining offseason as general manager. If he sticks with Cashman, what are we going to reasonably expect to change with this Yankees team? What changes? Because the same thing continues to happen. Only now it's getting worse because the players they brought in are old and washed up and can't stay on the field. You know, Everyone kills Brian Cashman for the Stanton trade. I'm actually not as down on it as maybe some Yankee fans are because when that move was made with the Marlins absorbing a lot of the salary, you thought, hey, Stanton coming in was going to be able by now to at least have helped you win a championship. And at least he is hit in the postseason. It's the other moves they have made around the core, which is supposed to be Judge in Stanton, that have ruined this team. It's a lot of the other moves. Yes, the Stanton contract's a real problem and he's signed for another four years and that's an issue. But to me, the Stanton stuff is, is is pretty far down on my list as far as my complaints with Cashman. Look at the trades he's made. Joey Gallo, Sonny Gray, extending Aaron Hicks. I mean, when was the last time the Yankees developed some elite hitting prospects? You have Judge, and then before that, Robinson Cano. Do we count Brett Gardner? Nice player. I, I mean, look what the Braves have done. And then the argument is, well, the Yankees have not been bad. You know, they're not picking at the top of the draft. Oh, the Orioles, you know, they sucked and they picked near the top. The Cubs did that. The Astros did that. Well, explain the Dodgers then. Have you seen their farm system? They have one of the best farm systems in the sport. They produce constant young stars. Why could they do it? They're picking near the bottom of the draft, too. They're in the playoffs every year. It's just time for a new voice overseeing this organization. You can't even blame Cashman anymore. He's going to do what he's going to do. Why would he change? Hal doesn't hold him accountable. It's on Steinbrenner. It is on Hal. From the Yankees to the Mets, let's go to Wes and East Hanover. Wants in on the baseball conversation tonight. Wes, you're on 98.7 ESPN with Jake Asman. What do you got?
2: Uh, Good evening, Jake. Uh, Good evening, company. Yeah, uh, Dave and Rick had asked me a couple weeks ago if I'd listened to any of your show. And I said, well, I hadn't. Uh, but I'd heard good things, and so I finally had a chance to listen in tonight, and it is a good show, so I appreciate uh, what you're doing. and look forward to you uh, in the mornings this week.
1: Thank you, Wes. I'll be on with Dan Grasa. We'll be co-hosting for Rick and Dave on Friday, so hopefully you call on then.
2: I'll I'll, I'll plan to set the alarm be there as normal. So anyway, what I was calling about is everyone knows that I'm a, a big Braves fan, and I feel bad for Mets fans, what they had to endure today. What you said earlier in the show was right. They should get their money back. This would be the first time in the last five years that I haven't watched the Braves in person. And I wasn't planning to go, but I might go tomorrow uh, just because it will be so empty and it'll be a Braves home game uh, because I can't imagine that they would have any fans out there. And so this is not the Peacock. This is, I feel for them, and where this season started to where it is now, that is not any place any fan base should be. Uh, so I appreciate you taking the call. Hope the rest of the show goes well. And thank you so much.
1: Wes, I appreciate you making the call. Thanks for the kind of words. Look, think about that. A Braves fan just called in and feels genuinely sad for the Met fan. I mean, it's a joke with the Mets did today. It is. And look, we knew they were going to be bad when they sold off. But like, where's the fight on this team, man? Like, they're just going through the motions, man. And it, Steve Gelb a couple of weeks ago said that the vibes have been off in the clubhouse all year. I bet you we get a lot of stories that come out after the season when players will talk to reporters, you know, they won't put their names on the quote, but they'll talk to reporters and say what exactly happened with this clubhouse. The stories will come out. Something's not right with this team. Yes. They're not good because they made the trades they made, but let's be real. This season was falling apart before the trade deadline. And now it's just, it's a joke. It's just, if you're a Met fan, why would you watch? You know, my my friend Dan's a diehard Met fan. For the first time in his life, he got season tickets this year. He, he was part of a 20-game plan. I, I mean, he doesn't want to go to the games. He's miserable to be around at these games. My other friends who are a part of this ticket plan with him, they're just like, we, he we, we don't even want him to come with us. But he's like, he feels like he has to go because he doesn't want to throw away his money. You can't sell these tickets. Who's buying them? I, I mean, Steve Cohen should give money back to the fans that showed up today. Steve Cohen should give money back, free food, beer, to any fan that even shows up to any future home games going forward. This seems unwatchable right now. They're terrible. They really are. It's, it is stunning what we have seen from this team.
0: You're listening to The Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>
1: you know just listening to that jets promo there you hear from Aaron Rodgers and the audio of him from the press conference back in April about that Super Bowl 3 trophy looking lonely i'm not going to lie to you as a diehard jet fan who's seen nothing but pain for most of my life when it comes to the jets i get that tingly feeling inside i'm not going to lie and i also won't lie i have probably watched the first episode of hard knocks four or five times already and i, I won't even admit on the radio how many times i've watched the Aaron Rodgers hitting unbelievable throws to the Ed Sheeran montage that was blasting in the opening episode of Hard Knocks. I mean, my God. Oh, my God. You want to talk about Jet Fan porn, Jake Perry? That was Jet Fan porn on steroids that entire first episode.
3: You, it it took Robert Sala's speech for me to be like, you know what? I feel like running through a wall for this guy. This guy, <laughs> you know, it, it just felt so good. It, it made me want to go record the speech and then run back whenever I feel like, you know, I don't have the extra juice in me.
1: Oh, it was, it was great, man. And, and look, I, I, I get it. It's, you know, it's tailored to make the jets look good, but it's, it's so funny that the jets didn't want to do hard knocks, you know, Rogers, oh, you know, they forced it down our throat and they play that clip of course to the opening scene. Rogers loves hard knocks. He's loving it. It's making him look like a God that, I mean, that was legitimately the Jets' savior coming out on the field when they start the episode with Rogers going to the hard knocks crew. You guys good. I'm going to give you some good stuff. You can use the word stuff today. I mean, that whole episode was incredible. I can't, I am I'm, I'm ready for episode two. I cannot wait for Tuesday night. I'll be locked in. All right. I'm going to get my Chipotle. When I get off the, you know, I, I, I get off my radio show down here and I'm going to be locked in to episode two of Hard knocks. I'll get back to the jets at the top of the hour. We open the show right after the jet post game wrapped up today they won earlier 27 to nothing over the panthers bryce young made his debut bryce young welcome to the nfl getting boat raced by that jet defensive line we'll talk more about that coming up let's get back to the calls right now mister in new jersey wants in on the conversation mister you're on with jake asman it's 98 7 espn what do you got
2: hey man appreciate you taking my call Um, Yeah, I'm just calling about the Daniel Jones situation the Giants as a whole. I I don't remember a time in history where a team was so confident in a quarterback entering, I believe, his fifth year, and his best season was 15 touchdowns. As a Giants fan, I'm actually extremely concerned of him taking a huge step back and the Giants waking up and smelling the coffee. as far as the Jets, I got to get to one of those games this year because I think they're going to be legit. As long as Aaron stays healthy, they keep him upright, that D-line and the defense should be ferocious. It's going to be very, very good year for New York football. I think the Jet Giants are going to be the only one not having as good a year as the Bills and the Jets. And, uh,
1: yeah, again, thanks for taking my call, brother. Have a good evening. Mister, I appreciate it. Look, the Daniel Jones thing is, is fascinating to me, right? Because there's a lot of Giants fans who are, uh, you know, they get upset if you say, oh, he's he." what do you mean you don't think Daniel Jones is a great quarterback? And I'll say he hasn't shown it yet. I, I mean – we highlight his last season, how great it was. Our last caller said it. He threw 15 touchdowns. The bar for Daniel Jones was so low that the fact that he was confident last year, I think we overrated it a little bit. And, and I'm not anti-Daniel Jones. I thought the Giants had to pay him and bring him back. They were not going to find a better quarterback option. But it's a lot of projection with Daniel Jones. It's a lot of, hey, we think he's going to be really good and take a big step forward. What if he's the same? What if Brian Dayball coached the absolute best he could coach last year and got the absolute most he could from Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. And then what are the Giants? Could they make the playoffs in the NFC again? I think they could. They're well coached. I think the defense should be better. I think they do have some better skill players. Darren Waller has to stay healthy. That's a big hit for the Giants. But it is fascinating that it's a lot of projection with Daniel Jones. He makes $40 million a year. So the Giants had to pay him because they had no choice, but how much better can Daniel Jones get? That will determine the level of, of team the Giants could be. Let's go to Nithin. He's in Jackson, New Jersey. Nithin, you're up next. You're on with Jake Asman. It's 98.7 ESPN. What do you got?
4: Ben. Hey, Jake. How you doing?
1: Nithin, thanks for calling, man. What do you got?
4: Hey, uh, how you been? So, yeah, so I was going with the Yankees. Uh, we actually – um we cover their minor league team, the Somerset Patriots and Scranton, and we see the prospects firsthand. We cover them, and um, I think the one thing I, uh, the Brian Cashman, uh, they don't know how to, like they keep sending down and calling up their prospects. They need to start uh, if they want to call up the prospects, keep them there. Like for example, Randy Vasquez, um, uh, he he showed great stuff yesterday, and uh, he showed he's been killing the minors, and now he's back up. So they got to keep him in the in the majors, and I think it's time. For, for the uh, for Cashman in the front office to play play their prospects, and uh, we have a couple of great prospects down there, especially for uh, Everson Pereira. I think he needs to get called up soon, and um, so I, and Brian Cashman, he needs they need to uh, do better with their prospects and um, and show the Yankee fans that they they're building for the right for the future. But uh, in my opinion, I think with the older players, uh, I, I I don't see. I don't. Know. They, they got to start playing the prospects, in my opinion. That,
1: that, that's all I have to say. And Nathan, I appreciate the phone call. I look, I agree with you. I would be on board with the Yankees calling up some of their prospects, but I, I, I have no faith in any of these prospects amounting to being really good players. And my, uh, not my biggest knock on Cashman because there's a lot, but one of my real. Real knocks on Brian Cashman as a general manager, specifically since 2017 when the Yankees had it all set up. Payroll flexibility, young ascending players. They were coming off a trip to the ALCS. Game seven against the Astros. No one saw that coming. How they have failed to develop prospects is a problem, but then they hold on to prospects for far too long, and then when they finally move off of them, they get nothing for them. Clint Frazier, Greg Bird, Luis Severino. Earlier this week, they released Davey Garcia. I mean, there's so many guys I'm sure I'm missing that we're supposed to be the next can't-miss Yankee prospects. They miss. Or they're good for a little bit, and then they fall off. Miguel and Duhar. I'm sure there's more. I mean, it's it's a problem. The Yankees' inability to develop starting pitching is a huge problem. The Yankees' inability, besides Aaron Judge, to develop premium offensive bats has been a problem and nothing seems to change it's blaming cashman at this point what i mean what else could be said it's on hal steinbrenner if he wants to make a change if he doesn't yankee fans will not have any faith this is a lot different this time next year how could you
0: this is the jake asman show on 98.7 espn (laughs)